how people from Northern California <laughs> give compliments. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm hella proud of you. I'm hella proud of you. Dude, like, your vibes <laughs> <laughs> are so posy. <laughs> Only posy vibes. <laughs> Everyone else, get out. Meet Olivia. Olivia is one of the original team members who diligently helped open our downtown Santa Cruz location in the Abbott Square Market. Through so much love and dedication for this place, she has then become the coordinator of this location. If you see her behind the bar, she may not be saying much, but on this episode, we get to hear her story. We talk about growing up in a small town, the role of the leader and all its ups and downs, life as a student and when that part of our lives is over, how she got to Cat and Cloud, and what this place means to her. We love her, the people love her, and I know you will too. Um, well, I have a few questions for you, as you know. Um, first one is, what is your favorite outfit to wear? Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably the same one that I wear every single day, which is the jeans and t-shirt. Every single Sick. day. Sick band tee, always. Heck yeah. I like wearing uh, band t-shirts every day and seeing when people notice. <laughs> <laughs> so far they haven't. It's been every day. <laughs> I love when people are like, Olivia, do you wear the same thing every day? <laughs> yeah, I've known you for four months. <laughs> nice the job. Same thing. Thanks for noticing me. <laughs> Um, my or I mean I have so many questions. So I was gonna say my last question is now podcast over. <laughs> Thank you. For, thanks for talking to me. Goodbye. <laughs> Who, nice to meet you. Who's someone you would like really like to meet? Oh, Wayne Coyne. Who's that? He's the lead singer of the Flaming Lips. Have you never heard of him? Oh I'm wait wait, so wait, wait, wait wait wait. Yes I do. I do. Sorry. It's just I I thought Bruce Wayne for some reason. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love Batman. <laughs> no, but I like Batman. Batman. Not you would lie. also love to meet Batman. No. No. I'm good without that. Okay. Mostly Wayne Coyne. <laughs> uh, and if you did get a chance to meet him, what would you just like? I got a tattoo of you on my arm. <laughs> what is it? Well, no, I don't. Actually, that was I didn't say that right. <laughs> it would probably be. I have Yoshimi on my arm. Because that's what that tattoo is on my arm. Uh-huh. It's from his album, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Big fan. Hmm. And uh, that's probably the first thing I would say. Is, or actually, I wouldn't say anything. I would just be like, ooh, ooh, and then point at my arm. And, ho- <laughs> and hope that he gets it. <laughs> I did send him an Instagram DM. Uh-huh. Of, About the tattoo? Of my arm. That Gee, said, that's hey, sick. I, lo- I love you so much. I got a tattoo of Yoshimi. <laughs> and you never responded or even saw it, I don't think. Um, oh. It's fair. But I mean, who knows? Now you're on this platform, so yeah, when anything point, could happen. If you're listening, please send, <laughs> send me a letter. <laughs> send, send me a letter. I'll send you some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Olivia, you've been here for like almost two years? Yes. And... 
mostly you were at or you are at Abbott, right? Yes. And you kind of or I mean, you did help start up that place. And you were there since like day one. Yeah. Yeah. Dope, I dope, dope. was there before it opened. I helped open it in a way, kind of, even though that definitely was not my job. Yeah. I just decided it was my job. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes. This is my job. This is my ship. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. You're not wearing your overalls. So. Ahoy, matey. <laughs> Welcome to my ship. <laughs> uh, but before we get to the present, where did you grow up? I grew up in kind of a smallish town called Ukiah, California. It's about five hours north-ish of here. It's a cool place. What was your favorite thing about growing up in Ukiah? I mean, it's kind of like the stuff that you hate about it is what you end up loving about it. And it's just like small town shit. Mm-hmm. I just love that. Like, there's certain things that, I don't know, like when people talk about hanging out at the mall growing up, I'm like, we didn't have a mall. <laughs> you're talking about you know we had a gas station yeah i don't i feel like i had like more more of like a in touch kind of feeling of what it was like when my parents were growing up where you know you always hear of like when i was a kid my parents just you know let me out of the house at 9 a.m and i wasn't allowed to come back until five and like, oh you know like <laughs> i just had to go do whatever and that's kind of what i started I, working a nine to five when i was five years no. old <laughs> mostly bike riding and playing in mud you know <laughs> so i don't know small town shit like walking around yeah like that's a big part of being in a small town wow. or you know going to the park anytime mm-hmm. yeah. uh Doing kind of weird, scummy things, you know? There was one thing I remember you telling me. I think it was called ice blocking. Ice blocking. I've never been ice blocking. Okay, so this is what ice blocking is. You go to Safeway and you buy a block of ice. <laughs> I love Safeway. Okay. Are you keeping up? For, are you keeping up? Oh, you also need to bring a towel. You okay. don't need to buy the towel. Okay. Unless okay. you don't fair, have a towel. Fair, fair, fair. Um, then you go to a golf course, ideally, and, and <laughs> get up to one of the highest slopes on the golf course and put the towel on top of the ice block and slide down the hill. And at first, it's pretty slow because you have to wait for the ice to get a little melty. But once you go down a few times, you go really fucking fast. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you wear helmets for this? No, what the heck? Oh, no. yeah, me either. No. Yeah, don't wear and helmets ever. Ukiah is kind of fun because the cops know that kids like to go do stupid shit at the golf course. And so they'll drive around all the time. So you felt kind of cool doing ice blocking because you have to listen to make sure the sprinklers don't turn on. And then you also have to watch to make sure the cops aren't coming. And, you know. Wow. I just, you know, it was you're fun. just so dangerous. It's a fun you're little so, pastime. So, oh my gosh. I didn't do that until I was probably like a junior or senior in high school, though. Mm-hmm. I was kind of late to the game when it came to doing fun <laughs> things. It was pretty sad, <laughs> human. Because I was working a nine to five. Because I was five years working old. A nine to five. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, so you grew up in Ukiah pretty much your whole life? Yeah. I was born in Idaho. Oh, I didn't know that. Idaho Falls. Dope, dope. And then I moved to Ukiah when I was like one. So 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I TBT mean, to Idaho. I've been to Idaho many times, but I don't remember being a baby there. Oh, yeah. I remember. Do you remember being a baby? Are you really one of no, those? No, I remember you being a baby oh. in Idaho. <laughs> People are like, I remember when I was born. <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so you, you, you grew up in Ukiah, and then where did you go after that? Santa Cruz. <laughs> so that's where we are right now. Yeah. There's a, a a pinned location to where we are in the link yeah. below. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Ukiah, stayed there until. I graduated high school, moved to Santa Cruz, and that's where I've been. Did you go to school in Santa Cruz? You already know the answer to this. I know the answer to this, but everyone listening doesn't. I went to UC Santa Cruz. Dope, dope, dope. Yes. And what did you study at UC Santa Cruz? I went in for physics, but I switched to pure mathematics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that. What about, like, physics and math made you so inclined to like study it in high school I was super into science and math and stuff and I didn't actually know that you could study straight up math and so I thought oh well I like math so I'll just study physics mm-hmm. um what was that my okay. watch oh god <laughs> okay I see uh, <laughs> um so and also Math classes are pretty small because nobody wants to study math. Versus what? I know. This is the first I hear. I know. So, and physics classes are very large because you have to, if you want to do any sort of like engineering or anything like that, you have to take a physics series. Mm-hmm. So I was jumping into college. I was, I mean, people say Santa Cruz is small, but Ukiah is really small. And so I was like losing my mind, like... <laughs> Stressed out, didn't know anybody except for the hundreds of people from Ukiah who live here for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) We're a virus. Um, I was pretty overwhelmed when I went to UCSC, and I didn't realize it until, like, my senior year. But um, I was not prepared to join into classes of 400 people. Um, Mm -hmm. And while also, like, having, like, roommates. I've never had roommates before, and I didn't particularly get along with my roommates. So Hmm. it was, like, pretty hard all the time. And uh, so physics, I just didn't feel very supported because there's too many students, and there's only one professor. So if you wanted to go to office hours, you got to wait in line. You have to know what your question is, which is like, yeah, I guess. But if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, it's kind of hard to know what question to ask, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I don't know. What's your question? I don't know. That's why I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know anything. How do you do physics? I don't know. Um, Versus, I also made the decision to, instead of taking the very large uh, calculus 19B class, I took the smaller honors calc uh, 20A. So I I could have jumped ahead in calc, but I decided to go fall behind and start an honors class. So instead of being in a class of like 300 people, and I think it was online or something like that, I was... Uh, in a class of, like, 25 people mm-hmm. with, like, the best professor I've ever had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And people from that class, like, I was in math classes all the way until I graduated with them. So it just worked out better, and I realized that I wanted to be in math and not in physics because I had homies in math. <laughs> and I did not have friends in physics <laughs> at all. 
suits too many questions in physics. Also, I don't like labs. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put it out there. I just don't like labs. I don't like doing labs. <laughs> and that is like pretty important if you're going to be a physics major is doing labs. But they're so tedious and so long. And you, the writing for it is like so precise. I hated it. Um, on the other hand, writing answers to math questions is also very long and precise. But I liked <laughs> it more. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just, I know what I like. <laughs> and I like what I know. So there you go. That's the story. What... Or who, uh, not necessarily like at UCSC, but currently or in the past or when you were at UCSC, like what or who has been Humst. like an inf- hum- humst of- <laughs> <laughs> um, Evelyn Humst? Humst? Excuse me. I can't Excuse me, stand proper grammar. <laughs> this is my podcast now. <laughs> who, who or what um, has been an influential moment or person? for you influential moment person moment person okay moment slash or person i mean influential person definitely that math professor i was talking about Mm -hmm. he i took you know two calculus classes with him then i took two more vector calculus classes with him and i took um what's that called complex analysis also with him so i had him for five quarters it's a lot of time to be spent with one person like we were homies his office was sick it was like all couches and chalkboards on the wall so it wasn't like a normal professor's office there was like a sick carpet on the ground he has all of these um polyhedra that he makes that are up on the walls um his name's richard mitchell if you're listening (laughs) richard mitchell sorry i have not sent you an email (laughs) in many years um (laughs) anyways um he he shaped he just kind of shaped my future and he def- definitely wasn't even like uh, supportive of me being a math student he really wanted me to stick it out with physics but I was like oh. no <laughs> I can't do it and then um, he left uh, the end of my junior year and I became really good friends with the TAs at UCSE in the math department and if you don't know where the math department is, it's on the top and the bottom of McHenry Library. So you're either on the very top of this building where the professors get to be, or you're in the basement of the library <laughs> where the grad students get to be. So sick. And so I spent like a lot of time in the basement of the library hanging out with the TAs. I'm still, I still talk to one of them a lot. <laughs> um, so they were all pretty helpful too. Super cool people. Dope. I'm trying to think of other like influential people. I mean, think everybody's pretty influential. Yeah. Honestly. Like my family, hella influential. <laughs> I think it depends on like what like different aspects of your life and at different times and for different reasons. And I know that sounds like very simple and Yeah. I just for me it's like I try really hard to get as much as I can out of people and I don't mean that that sound like weird or bad but not (laughs) like you're milking them out of like your like and like using them in a sense but like I try to learn from people all the time yeah and so like I don't know I feel like I could list like pretty much every person that I've interacted with that I like Mm -hmm. people that I don't like 
are not influential people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah. laughs> the few people that I actually can't stand are not influential. But <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of good things that a lot of different people bring to the table. And yeah, so totally. I like, I mean, I don't know. I went the school route because that's what we were just talking about. Yeah. But in terms of life, plenty of people. Yeah. Yes. That's always really nice. So I feel like often I always had the concept that everyone had like some sort of influential person and that person being their parents or like a mentor of some sorts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I've come to realize like don't really have that and they kind of just like fend for themselves or like through experiences. That's why I like instead of saying a person, I always now say moment because sometimes there's just certain experiences or moments in your life that influence you to become the person you are now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like I understood that, but I never really grasped the idea until I started talking to more people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's crazy how that stuff happens. Yeah. You just yeah. got to keep your eyes open. You know, I, I, um, I feel like throughout my life, I've, there's been different people who are like a mentor. Mm-hmm. So like when I was a kid, it was definitely like my, I spent a lot of time hanging out with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And so she was super influential and she taught me how to be like a strong woman. Cause my family, they're, you know, I don't know if they really understand how important it is to be a strong woman. <laughs> and I've always like, and I was always raised, um, allowed to like say what I felt or I'm very stubborn, extremely stubborn. (laughs) And so I don't know, like I didn't realize how important that was until I've hung out with people who stay quiet for other people. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, she's influential in high school. I had teachers who are super influential parents, of course. Yeah. Especially now that I'm an adult, Mm -hmm. I'm better friends with my parents. I think than when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. uh, same with my brother. I'm, like, just starting to get to know him. Dude, <laughs> I feel that. Though. Yeah. It's weird to kind of say out loud or to think of it. Like, there's this person you grew up with. They're related to you. But it'd be like that sometimes. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's kind of weird, honestly. Um, Sup, bro? Yeah. Love you. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah. Cat and Cloud people, obviously. Dude, speaking of Cat and Cloud, how did your coffee journey start? Well, um, in Ukiah. What? Sorry. (laughs) There's a hole in my shoe. (laughs) Um, In Ukiah, there is one coffee shop. Uh It's called Black Oak Coffee. It's actually really, really, really good coffee. The roasters, like, won a ton of awards, like pretty solid specialty coffee place it's just in like the s- smallest dinkiest town in mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. um i went there a lot when i was in high school to study with my friends or skip class or whatever and um i drank a lot of like chai the chai at black oak is probably the best chai in the world Ooh. it's a controversial opinion <laughs> the chai at black oak is I amazing i have to go try it they also have a drink called elderflower iced tea that is amazing seriously it's delish it's delish <laughs> it's delish and um 
I, you know, I'd get hot chocolates and chais and all that crap. And then my good friend, Michael Miller, who left Black Oak to go work at Verve in Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. he started, like, slipping espressos into my hot chocolates and giving me mochas and stuff like that. And so, like, I... S oh, that's Guy Kawasaki. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, and so, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, shit. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. And then that's how I learned about Verve because, okay, setting the stage. I'm, I don't know if I can stress this enough. Small town person. <laughs> I went to, also to add something to this, I went to a private Catholic school for nine years before I went into high school. And high school was, like, big. So sick. You know, and it's a small high school. And Catholic school is big, but it's, you know, it's a tiny Catholic school. <laughs> so, you know, I just thought about this, like, faraway land, Santa Cruz, you know, where, and I'd always um, watch those ads um, on TV that was, like, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in the warm California sun. Boardwalk. <laughs> and I was like, where is this? Is this real? <laughs> is that real? <laughs> I don't know if that's real. <laughs> they have <laughs> they have an amusement park on the ocean? <laughs> How'd they do that? <laughs> the physics wasn't alive. <laughs> so anyways, Michael Miller was like, I'm, I'm going to go work at a, this magical coffee shop called Verve. La, la, la. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's sick. Yeah, so, you know, I went there, then I started going to UCSC, and then around the end of my sophomore year, I decided I needed a job because I like working a lot, <laughs> and so I applied to a ton of places, like Trudy Joe's, movie theater, and Verve is, like, the only place that got back to me, mm -hmm. and, yeah, take that, Trudy Joe's, get <laughs> 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 a job at Verve. And I started working at the downtown location, and then I moved to 41st, where I learned about what Cat and Cloud is, because 41st is very close to the Portola Cafe. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris came in a lot. I had no idea who he was. Yeah. Um, Jared came in once. That was kind of crazy. Um, so you knew of these two dudes while you were at Verve? Or, like, because yeah. working in Verve, you knew who they were. Yeah, and I just I just kind of knew the connection. I could kind of see the connections, because, like, I was trained by Kendall, who is Tanner's girlfriend, and mm -hmm. uh, McKenna is, you know, Tanner's sister. And, and uh, I tried to become friends with some of, like, the old Verve people, so I would hear these stories about the two companies and stuff like that. And, um, and then I started listening to the podcast, mm -hmm. and then what where was like the inclination that you wanted to move from verve to cat and cloud like what gravitated you towards this place oh i forgot to mention also Kristen was my assistant manager at 41st oh dope and she trained me on bar on her last day before she came over here oh i know oh <laughs> um so what was your question? My question was what was the transition from like verve to cat and cloud like like what did you want to like just expand your horizons in coffee or just like what about this place, you know, made you want to work here? I could just tell that people were happy and I wasn't, honestly. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't so much about like the, the PTO or the benefits or anything like that, even though that was a cool like bragging point, I guess. But um, I was getting really deep in the coffee 
industry and had really cool I, I thought it was cool but I hated all of the kind of like narcissism and ego that came with it and I started listening to the podcast and realized that I actually agreed with a lot of the stuff that um, that Chris and Jared were saying on it and I thought it would be cool to see what, what that's about and so mm-hmm. I came in on the first day soft open I don't know it just I mean, everybody who comes here says the same thing. It's like when you walk in the doors, you just feel like you're uh, welcome. Kind of like uh, Olive Garden or whatever. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) When you're here, you're definitely family. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we're Cat and Cloud. Maybe we're at Olive Garden. We got toast. Maybe we got bread. We should buy Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Olive Garden in uh, Santa Cruz, the new one. If you're listening, I'm a big fan. Okay? (laughs) Like, any of the employees... Mr. Olive, Mrs. Garden, <laughs> any of you, please. <laughs> I love you guys so much. <laughs> we hyphenated our last name. <laughs> Olive hyphen Garden. <laughs> That's where we got the name. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm kind of scattered, but I feel like I also said the answer. Kind no, of. no, totally, yeah. I just wanted to see what was up, and I also knew that um, I have a hard time like fibbing to people. And so working here, it's like I could be stoked about something and be stoked about selling it to people. And it's like I want to share it with people, not because I want their money, (laughs) Money. but I want to share it with them. (laughs) (laughs) Like our coffee, it's really, really, really good. And our art is made like by artists in town, you know, and yeah, you know, so. And what would you say like is a big reason you might have already talked on this but like what has like kept you here for so long because you could again you could have worked anywhere yeah but what about this place makes it like i like being here and i don't really see myself anywhere else (laughs) it's gonna be kind of (laughs) sad well um i felt really out of place up until i started working at cat and cloud in terms of, like, moving out of my house. You know, my mom moved out of our childhood house, so that so I, like, felt like I was homeless. It was one of my only... One of the only people that I went to college with where I did not have a home where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And so... And then my living situations up until now have all been kind of shit and made me feel, like, super excluded. My roommates hate me for some reason or there's always something going on that just made me feel like I wasn't allowed to have a home mm-hmm. and like cat and cloud became the first place in Santa Cruz that I have a family oh <laughs> in a home oh. <laughs> it's, oh it's kind of sad why are you telling me this you know how I get about stuff like this like <laughs> it's um I really love all the people who work here and you know, Abbott Square, especially like making that cafe, it, I feel like it's my little, my little baby. I feel like it's my house, and I always like seeing whoever's working. And I, I, I may be like quiet or whatever, but yeah, I love the regulars. I love the people who work here. Yeah. So, it's yeah, sanctuary for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you a poet? No way. No. <laughs> My next question, um, because you are the coordinator of the downtown location. Yes. And the, I know 
any anyone in leadership or everyone in leadership and coordinator, I know you guys work super hard. So, More or less. Wh- so <laughs> <laughs> what's something you personally do to like reconnect with yourself or to not feel because it's all work you care and really love, but that doesn't mean it's always easy or it's like tiring. So what's something you like to do to reconnect with yourself? Uh, I mean like hobbies? Well, like hobbies <laughs> or just things that you need to do like to create your own space so you're able to like come back with like energy or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I really value my alone time and so the things that I do to like keep myself from going crazy is mm-hmm. I really like being alone I really like hiking with somebody else not alone I'm gonna get kicked <laughs> after something um I love exercise mm-hmm. um eh, I like exercise let's not let's not go too far <laughs> I I work out all the time no <laughs> CrossFit 2020 <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, there's little things that I like to do to keep myself from going crazy. So if it's like, yeah, I used to think that being alone all the time would keep me from going crazy, but actually talking to people really helps too. (laughs) Um, re reconnecting with myself or, or I guess not reconnecting, but like, yeah, like recharging, recharging. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was confused cause I was like, well, I'm always kind of myself. Right. So I'm I not guess, having, like, an identity crisis. Yeah. I guess the corrector would be, like, recharging because there's a lot of energy lot of and effort that gets put into that. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I've been trying to come up with ways to recharge. I, You know, I know you can, like, relate to this, but, like, we were students for a very long time, mm-hmm. and then you're just not. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. And then, and, and right when I finished school, I went to Europe for two months, came back, worked all summer, and just like, just like recently, I'm starting to f- like realize that I have a lot of free time now, and I do not know what to do with it. Oh, yeah. You know? I've watched six seasons of Scrubs in about <laughs> six weeks, you know? <laughs> what are the highlights? Oh, my God. I j- <sighs> There's so many. <laughs> I love scrubs so much. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to like figure out what my hobbies are and like find things that don't make me want to like pull my eyes out because like I used to draw a lot mm-hmm. and I used to play banjo a lot and I'd like to get back to those thi- those things but I also have like such hardcore anxiety about trying to do anything that I usually just like get crippled and and then go and watch scrubs more. Not a bad thing to resort to, you know. You know, I've I've yet to watch the show, of course, but you know you have to. Right? Highly recommend. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> well, I think this is also another thing we kind of talked about in the past. It's a really weird period to be in because, again, it goes from. It's a weird sense of you have so much time, and at the same time, you feel like you don't have so much time right and your time is consumed with other priorities or responsibilities yeah where in school it was like i have this deadline and this due date and it's like cool i completed it and now i move on to the next thing yeah and after being a student 
that shifts into like a different sense where there aren't necessarily deadlines all the time, but it's like you're just constantly planning or like every day is also a deadline or something. I don't know. Well, and also you have to make the deadlines. You have yeah. to come up with what to do, how to do it, when you're going to do it, yeah. why you're going to do it. Yeah. Versus at school you're like, oh, you want me to do that? Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I will. And I think <clears throat> one of the things I had a really hard time with after finishing school was I felt like I had checked off all the, all the boxes that they wanted you to check out. Mm-hmm. And then you would at the end of it, get your diploma and then walk across the stage and be like, I did it. And that's literally all it felt like towards the end. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what do I do next? And they're like, I don't know, but you can't be here anymore. You got to go do something else. I'm like, I, I literally don't know what to do. I, by the time I was done with school, I was dying to leave. Yeah. So like, I remember like, and I, I also didn't, I had three months, but in between me finishing my last class and going to graduation, because I finished a quarter early, and so I felt like super kind of disconnected from the whole thing. I was kind of already doing my own thing a little bit, so it was a little bit easier like that, and I was already like living on my own, too, mm-hmm. which changes things. It's yeah. not like I had to see my parents, really. They, they came for the thing, and then they left. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a weird time. And summer was like, woo, it's summer doing summer things. I'm Mm -hmm. working in the cafe full time. And now I'm like, okay, I know how to work in a cafe full time. Uh, What's next? (laughs) Exactly. And it just, (laughs) it's like, that's all your program to know and to do until Mm -hmm. you're out of the loop and, and out of like that cycle of being a student yeah but also working in a cafe gives you little goals to work towards oh totally which is nice yeah um yeah a little bit there's a little bit more measurables i think being in leadership you have a lot less measurables Mm -hmm. you know at least that's the way i felt it's just like you have to come up with some idea there isn't like a list to follow you Mm -hmm. know you just you just have to figure it out and do it or wait until somebody tells you to do something and then go for it. It's not as like structured. Um, Yeah. Yeah. When you're in leadership, you kind of have to, I guess one of, one of a good thing about me, but also an also good thing about me is that I'm like super authentic. I don't like faking it with people and I'm pretty bad at it. I can't, like, I don't, I don't do a very good job lying. I'm not, I just don't. Mm-hmm. So being in leadership has been kind of difficult for me because sometimes you have to pay, put on a face. Like, if you're having a really crappy day, you still have to put on a face and be cool because you're driving the ship. You're driving the boat. <laughs> it's a boat. <laughs> um, so I know that a lot of people kind of, their kind of savior from it, I guess, is they have an on-the-floor character and an off-the-floor character. But for me, I feel like I'm pretty much the same (laughs) on Mm -hmm. and off the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's been hard sometimes. Well, yeah. To, and I, yeah. You know, I don't have that, all the answers. Yeah. And I think, you know, along with what you were saying about being super real is like also if you, I feel like from knowing you and talking to you, it's like if you don't have an answer for something, you're not going to give like a bullshit answer either. Yeah. A lot of times it's I don't know or I'm figuring it out or I'm like, I don't know. And I'm figuring it out. And then you asking me about it. I still don't know the answer. And it's frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, so okay with saying I don't know something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What's what's something from like your own experience or any sort of insight you could give to not only within our leadership, but like leadership in anywhere and not just in coffee? What's something you could tell tell people to help them when they feel like they need to reconnect themselves with themselves and they're in leadership? What I would say is that something that I kind of had to come to terms with was for any regular barista on the floor, we always say it's okay to make mistakes. You're allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And when you're in leadership, you ha- also have to allow yourself to make mistakes because mm-hmm. everybody thinks that you're a pro because you're in that position. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, when I started, I realized I'm not a pro at being a leader. I just started, and so I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to, it just, sometimes it feels like the stakes are a little bit higher, because when you make a mistake as a barista, it's like, oh, I made that drink wrong, sorry. You know, or, oh, I dropped your toast, my bad, I'll make a new one. You know, it's like they're all pretty fixable. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in leadership, it's like, oh, I gave that person feedback in Mm -hmm. a way that was not helpful and now it's weird and I have to go talk to them about it more you know and so you have to just like be in a lot of really uncomfortable situations or like I don't you have to deal with people a lot more personally Mm -hmm. and I think if you have a good team which I do I would hope that they understand where you're coming from yeah and they know that like I'm trying my best just as much as they are. Yeah. So anybody going into leadership, it's okay to make a mistake. Just apologize. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think in the moment it feels super detrimental because it's so present and it's quote unquote stings so much. Yeah. And I think it goes to show that how much you care too. Yeah. So, you know, just got to give it time. Yeah. It's like, you just feel like everything's a lot more like high stakes because it's like, you have to upkeep some sort of like respect yeah. from the team. Yeah. And if you make any mistakes, you're going to lose it and then they won't listen to you ever. And I just, I rem- it reminds me of like when I used to be a, like a tutor or a teacher. Mm-hmm. And if the class didn't like me, I couldn't teach them anything. Mm-hmm. And, but it was also like they were shitty little kids. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I need to realize that I'm working not with like little high school kids anymore. And uh, they'll be more forgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's, I feel like it goes, it has to be like reciprocal. And it's like, I see someone working so hard for something bigger than themselves. Like I feel then compelled also to, to like help this person who's trying to make these dreams and goals happen. And like, I want to help them achieve those things too. Even if that has nothing to do with me, it's just a respectful thing to do. And I think that's why we have a great team and it's because a lot of people have that same mentality. We're all, yeah, we all work together. I don't know what it would be like to have a team where it wasn't like so structured like this and 
there's such a mutual respect for everybody and yeah so i don't know how it is if you work in a bad place maybe you should leave idk lol (laughs) (laughs) lol so random but here you know there's a lot of there's a lot of room to to grow and to fail yeah and to grow from failing (laughs) snaps snaps yeah but i how am i what am how am i trying to word this without it sounding super cheesy gosh don't you freaking dare i'm just you know how much i care and respect you so much not only as just in the short time that i've been working at downtown with you where it's just been super admirable and i like we didn't really know each other i had been working a year and so we hadn't worked with each other at yeah. all. <laughs> There's some people here that I've never worked with. <laughs> and it's just like, it's been really cool to like learn from you and also just see how you work and seeing like I would, there's so many things I learned about you that I applied to how I would want to continue working. Well, that makes me happy. That's really all I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I have a lot of fun, and I know when it's, like, time to buckle down and work, and it's just, I mean, I think you're doing a great job. Shut up. (laughs) I really do think so, and you know, uh, I have one final question for you, and this is one where it's not how I typically ask it, but we, in the past, have talked about music. Oh, yeah. What do you look for in music that where you make it? Or what does music have to have where you're, where you're like, super intrigued by it? Because I know you can't really pinpoint one specific album <laughs> or artist, but what's something about that? Because when we talked about this, I was like, you're a big music nerd. <laughs> so what about it? Like, what are the, what's the checklist? I think that... I mean, it's all about a feeling, and I also, like, I mean, in the moment when you find something new, you're not, like, thinking, why do I like this? You know, you just like it. But a lot of the music that I listen to, I realize that I like it because I feel like they're bringing something new to Mm -hmm. the table Mm -hmm. in an authentic way. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, there's so many bands that, that do their thing super well, like... Queens of the Stone Age is amazing. Mm-hmm. Willie Nelson is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Flaming Lips, they do their things super well. And even if some of their music is shitty, it's still really high quality shit. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like when you listen to it, you can just sound that it's not like thin, you know? I don't know what they got, but they got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> how, well, how, how do you look for new, new music? Honestly, I um, I used to spend, like, a lot of my nights just reading... This was back in the torrenting days. Mm, when I used to torrent good old lime wire. all my stuff before, like, Spotify existed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would read, like, Pitchfork articles and just, like, certain articles on the web and torrent as many as I could find and just start listening to all of them. So that's how I used to listen to music and you don't find that much good music that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the music that I found is through 
talking to people. Like, if I think somebody is cool and they tell me some, a music a, a music that they like, <laughs> if they told me, like, if I think somebody's cool and I, they tell me an album or a song that they like, I will look it up. Mm-hmm. I usually write it down somewhere. Um, so it's just, like, I've accrued a lot of bands over the years because I started just collecting music from people mm-hmm. around me since I was, like, I don't, I want to say, like, 12 or 10 or something. Oh, shit. Yeah, because I used to listen to Beck a lot. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me to listen to Beck, or um, the lead singer of AFI went to my school, so I went, so I listened to AFI, and I just really like to pick and just listen to what people around me are talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten a little bit of a library now because <laughs> there's so many things that are so good. Because I've, when we've also talked about music, you really don't have just one designated like genre, so to speak. Yeah. It's like all over. Yeah. Like I used to be one of those kids who was like, I love everything except rap and country. But you know, do you remember that? <laughs> when people were like that? <laughs> when people were? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> now I really like rap and country too. So, <laughs> so I have a hard time because, like, if you look at a playlist that I've made, it goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that there's a lot of really good things to pick out from any genre. Every genre has amazing music. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. And I, I don't think any genre is characterized by having bad or good music either. Mm-hmm. Except reggae. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. So, um, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that sound really good. It, it doesn't have to do with... I think, I, I think a lot of the stuff I listen to is probably alternative rock. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's also just really weird. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite bands of all time is Ween. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They're, like, the epitome of a weird band, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked them up at all. I have. You're like, here's this song by them. Here's another song. Here's another song. <laughs> it's the same people. <laughs> this is the same band, guys. <laughs> they don't make any sense. I'm also... I, Whenever I, like, make friends, I'm like, hey, listen to Ween, but don't listen to Ween either. <laughs> they have some really terrible songs. And the reason why I love Ween so much is because... They don't follow any rules at all. They're mm-hmm. just good at playing music, mm-hmm. and they don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> They're like, I, I mean, I imagine like some of the songs that they have that are absolutely terrible. Like, there's a harmonica solo in a song called Drifter in the Dark that makes your ears want to bleed. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And I know <laughs> that they made that just being like, <laughs> people have to listen to this. <laughs> oh, my God. The world's grit- greatest prank. Right? It's just like, they're pranking us. I love it so much. Or they'll have, like, a song that's, like, rock and roll, but then you get to the solo, and it's a Spanish guitar solo, and you're like, why is this here? <laughs> why did you put this here? <laughs> did you do this? Yeah. And then they also, like, wrote music for Spongebob, which is also kind oh, of... Oh, dude, that's... Yeah, did, the, I, the loop-de-loop and pull song, that's them. I did not Ocean that. Man, at the end of the Spongebob movie, that's them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that song. Um, but I do want to say thank you again for... No, well, thank you again for taking the time to meet with me today. <laughs> and I think, you know, 
a lot of people could also agree with me that I think you're you're pretty all right. Get out of here. You're Go doing, away. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing great. No. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now we're going to break. Now that we've like complimented the crap out of you, let's break this place down. Woo. Burn it to the ground. Yeah.